2: That's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. And, you know, there comes a time when you either have to, you know, make a choice. So Biden can't just use Putin, Putin. He cannot use pudding, Putin. He can't use Putin as his scapegoat. Because if he does, then he's got to explain why he actually got us into this war to begin with, right? I mean, Putin was there surrounding Ukraine for months. And they didn't see that as a priority to sit at the table under peaceful times and just get to the point where you can uh, negotiate a settlement or an arrangement or an agreement and make it public to the world for public consumption and opinion and to weigh in on these things, they couldn't just sit down at a table and act like adults and talk. And I'm not just talking about Biden. I'm talking about Macron. I'm talking about the EU. I'm talking about NATO. I'm talking about all of these people, these globalists, all of them, and sit down And talk with Putin. What is it that you want? Do you want to guarantee that we're going to consume your oil on Nord Stream 2? Fine. What do you want? It would have been so easy to figure out a solution to avoid that problem. The problem of bloodshed and people dying and buildings getting blown up and and escalating war. And now we're, you know, directly in a war with Russia, which is exactly where we supposedly didn't want to be. But more than likely, we got there because we wanted it to be. The military-industrial complex benefits. NATO actually benefits. We get to uh, deplete our military armory by sending it all over there. And then we get to buy a whole bunch of more. And the military industrial complex is like, great. We get to make more stuff and make more money. And it's your money. The $40 billion that's going over to Ukraine is your money. While we try to figure out how it is that we're going to feed our babies with a short supply of baby food. We're sending $40 billion over to Ukraine. It's just absolutely absurd. It's ridiculous. And people on the left and on the right, and I can understand the left, because they're crazy like a fox. We're going to get into this um, story today. Over at the American Greatness by Seb Gorka, he says they're not insane; they have a plan. Is it just deranged thespians or virtue-signaling politicians, or have uh, uh, who have been driven mad? Not quite. So, so basically, like I've been saying all along. What, what you're seeing is uh, by design. It's actually not just never let a crisis go to waste. <clears throat> it's crisis has become the best way to advance your agenda. And so thereby you create the crisis to begin with. I always look at it like uh, in wrestling... Uh, they get into, the, you know, a guy that's behind and he has short time and he needs to try to get, uh, score some points. And he knows that the opponent is going to uh, be def- very defensive and it's going to be hard to penetrate that person's guard and it's going to be hard to score points knowing that that guy, your opponent knows you're coming at him. So what you do is you do something absolutely crazy. You just do a big, big doggone scramble. And you'll just try to figure out, you know, 50-50 chance you might end up on the top end of that scramble. You know, flying squirrel or some odd move that they weren't expecting. Put yourself into some crazy position and and actually score the points to win the match. And it's no different, really. You know, you could always crystallize things to this, that level. But um, with politics, the Democrats are using crisis. And no matter how much, how much turmoil, how much loss, how, much, how many people's lives are ruined, you know, to advance a very simple agenda, very simple agenda about Trump being racist, they came up with the Jussie Smollett hoax, right? I mean, literally, they went as far as to do that hoax, to try to paint a portrait that Cory Booker and Kamala Harris, when they were senators, when she was a the senator, um, their anti-lynching bill was legit. Everybody with half a brain knows an anti-lynching bill is not necessary because hanging somebody on a tree and setting them on fire and killing them is illegal. You don't need an anti-lynching bill for that. It's crazy. But of course, you know, hanging a noose around someone's neck, pouring bleach on them, thinking, hey, if you light a match, you could set them on fire. (laughs) That's how far they would go. They would go as far as to open the borders and allow rapists and drug dealers to kill our children at record numbers now. More young Americans are dying at the hands of fentanyl and other easily accessed drugs that are too potent for them to even know better. And it's killing them. And someone like Bill Gates... And his globalist friends who want population to decrease are okay with that. Just like they have no problem with myocarditis and the covid pen, uh vaccines, which are not really even vaccines because they're not a true vaccine. But you're still being forced to take that jab. There are still countries out there in the world that are still trying to force. India is not one of them, though. India passed a bill... Passed legislation that said that's uh, not part of their constitution, not part of the, not allowed. So good for them, good on them. But these Democrats will go stop at nothing. Start a war. Start a war to benefit you, profit uh, your profit margins. How about give one hundred and fifty billion dollars to Iran? Sounds like a bad deal, that, right? That that's going to increase terrorism, and and poor Israelis are going to be blown up in pizzerias again. But yeah, we're just going to go back, and we're going to give money to, and then how about all the poverty? You know, Joe Biden is talking about in, inflation, and he's blaming now it's not ultra ultra MAGA, it's. Mr. King Maga, and um, and the thing is, is that his inflation is on him. It's not on Putin. It's not on. It's not on the COVID pandemic that they created themselves. They can't have it both ways. The COVID thing was in part, and this is just a part. Because it's so many things that they exploited COVID for. Rigging elections, advancing globalism, advanced, uh, advancing the social credit score system. Uh, but also, now that they're, they're blaming it. Uh, it was also to bail out cities. City bailouts. Because Black Lives Matter and act, act Antifa tore the place up. They tore it down. You know, they didn't care what, you know, when George Floyd, that ultra-criminal, George Floyd, did they now put monuments around? It's just incredible. They're going to tear down, they're now debating on changing the name of George Washington University, and I heard this, too, it's kind of funny, because the people who reported that was the Washington Post, <laughs> apparently... Bezos editorial board is lacking. But the Washington Post is complaining that, you know, maybe they need to change the name of George Washington University. Maybe they'll change the name of their own newspaper. It's crazy. But how about George Floyd? When are we going to wake up and say, you know what? Maybe we shouldn't have a statue of George Floyd in the town square. You know, crackhead, fentanyl head, criminal thug, porn star, George Floyd. It's absolutely ridiculous. But somebody had to bail out Minneapolis, right? Somebody did. So COVID relief funds did that. COVID COVID, uh, pandemic and the mask wearing and all that. Had a major impact on uh, human health. The vaccines had a major impact on human health and myocarditis. And there, there's going to be a lot more that's going to be revealed. How about the suicide rate and the psychology uh, associated with mask wearing? The divisiveness, everything. They will stop at nothing to advance their agenda. If that means to starve your family to death, they will. Taking baby food off the shelves, you're going to be standing there at the gates of the government's door begging to save your child's life at some point. How much further does this have to go? While people sit and rot in rotten jail and they're talking about life sentences now, for some of these people, these January 6th people, it's incredible. Meanwhile, you get, you get all this violence in the streets. And Lori Lightfoot wields around her iron fist and says, we're going to fight back and people are going to pay. And Chuck Schumer talks about Gorsuch and Kavanaugh as you know going to pay the price. They're a violent crew. I think that liberalism has become a terrorism terrorist ideology. But it's it's also by design. This intimidation is by design. But the only way they can get away with intimidation is two standards of justice. And that seems to be always the case. You know, they didn't go out go after Hillary, but they went after Trump. They didn't go after the Podestas in Hillary's camp, but they went after everybody that worked for Trump. They went after the truckers, but they didn't go after Black Lives Matter, right? I mean, it's it's not by mistake. This isn't a coincidence. And I don't believe that these institutions were always this politicized. I think that they're given orders somehow. And, and, and the real crux of it is how in the world we can't figure this out when you watch that movie 2000 mules which i recommend strongly how in the world could we have not figured this out why are we asleep at the wheel i thought our elections count for something i thought they mean something who in the world you know what are we doing with our tax dollars that we're not able to have free and fair elections That we have two standards of justice. These people work for you. We got to stand up and do something. We got to put a stop to it. All we want is fairness, all they want is complete control. And they'll stop at nothing to get there. We got to stop electing rhinos. We must stop electing these rhinos. We got J.D. Vance. Again, we are not learning from our lessons. Surely, surely there are great people out there in Ohio that understand what America First policies are all about. And the sad thing is, you know, I read a meme yesterday. It was about, you know... People didn't like Obama because Obama hated America. And people didn't like Trump because they hate America. So these Democrats that are supporting Obama and Biden, really, they can't stand America. I can't understand. I have many friends that have voted left. So they really did vote for Biden. And I just, for the life of me, cannot figure out. These are all well-educated, well-to-do people. They're successful in life. They're smart as a whip. have had many beers and many, many talks and many laughs with these people. And I got to tell you, I don't understand where their head is when it comes to this stuff. When it comes to politics, I just don't quite get it. And I know that when I say that, people out there are nodding their head saying, I've experienced the same thing. I know it. It's everywhere. Everybody I've ever talked to, they say, when it comes to politics, I don't quite understand my friend, my liberal friends. I just don't understand it. What has gotten into their head? It's almost like MK Ultra or some ultraviolet ray that just warped their, warp their thinking. And they think I'm nuts for liking Trump. They think I'm nuts. They think that I'm crazy. Uh, and how am I crazy? I mean, I want a, a secure border. I want to build the wall and secure our border. Because I believe that a nation without borders is not... You know, a country without borders is not a country. I believe in a strong military that you'll never have to use because no one will want to test you. I believe that smaller government would be a better solution and more liberties and freedoms for people to do what they want, just to have the government stay out of their way. Because it's hard enough to, to make it in life with the competition and the the uh, really smart people that are out there that are competing against you in this marketplace and you're trying to do the best you can for you and your family, at some point, you know, one thing you don't need is you don't need an unfair umpire to come in and not just call balls and strikes but actually call the game against you. And that's exactly what the government has become. Is a, is a crooked umpire. They were supposed to just basically create a level playing field for everybody to have equality. But then this stupid concept of equity comes into play. And they've exploited this. Again, never let a crisis go to waste. They've taken this whole black movement and they said, we can manipulate this however we want. And... We can rig the deck. We could stack the deck and we could be the dealer in Vegas that controls the game in every aspect of our lives. And as soon as you get somebody in control, and then they get replaced by somebody who has some other ideas. And over the course of a couple of decades, it becomes this really messed up situation. You could say that's the same that happened with the Patriot Act. You could say that's the same that happened with the gold standard, where on its face, the brochure wasn't a bad idea. We get the brochure. You want to combat terrorism. So Patriot Act, we'll we'll okay it. We trust you. And then the gold standard. Yes, we could benefit from some extra flexibility and surely the dollar would be stronger and and next thing you know the world would answer to America's currency and we, there's a lot of upsides there. Okay, wish granted, Nixon. And and those things happened. But then all of a sudden, you know, it, it really it seems like and maybe this is biased thinking on my part, but it's when the liberals took control of these things that they, you know, and Republicans aren't exempt from it. But on its face, Nixon started, you know, was a Republican who started this off the gold standard. But it was, I think, the Democrats that exploited it and finagled it and misused it because they had policies. That didn't work. They had policies that don't work, just like Obama, Biden has these policies that aren't working. So he blames Putin. He has these policies that don't work and he blames the pandemic. And he has these policies that don't work. But then he tries to change the narrative and say that Trump had increasing deficits every year that he was in office. Well, everybody was pretty happy with Trump. Trump. We were paying less than $2 a gallon in gas. We had uh, the Abraham Accords, peace in the Middle East, upon us. We took uh, out, took, took took down ISIS and Soleimani and al-Baghdadi. And we had a secure border. And we actually were making more money. And you can't tell me that you know... Uh, there are liberals out there that say they know better that Trump would have also uh, had uh, inflation and Trump would have also had um, economic problems given the nature of we were six months to a year out from the COVID pandemic. And that was just a natural thing when people started to get back to work and spend more and go out and do things, stimulate the economy, raising the prices and causing inflation. It was inherent. It was, it was inevitable, is what they're going to say. Well, let me ask you something then. If that's, if that's the case, then why in the world do we actually shut down in the first place? And if Putin is the cause of the inflation, then why in the world do we allow this war to happen in the first place? Knowing full well that it would have been too expensive And it would have caused economic turmoil around the world, that there was a better solution called peace. And all these, even so-called Republicans, are in on this game. We're going to take a listen to a couple of these things right now. Let's take a listen to Mitch McConnell.
0: I think we all agree the most important thing going on in the world right now is the war in Ukraine. I had a chance to call the president last week and request that the Ukraine package move by itself and quickly. Uh, He uh, said, let me think it over. He called back in about 15 minutes and agreed that we need to do this uh, Ukraine only, and quickly, I think we're on the path to getting that done. You got to hope.
2: Yep. And then let's take a listen to this. This was passionate. This was also about um, sending the $40 billion over to Ukraine. Let's take a listen to Steve Miller. By the way, Stephen Miller, to me, was one of the smartest people in the Trump administration. Um, I have a lot of respect for him. I, I, uh, I like what he has to say here as well. He's very passionate here. Uh, but I think he's a really, really smart guy. And here he is.
1: Well, sadly, what you're seeing and what I've learned firsthand for many years in Washington is that the tears of American families do not move the hearts of Washington politicians in all too many cases. You talked about some of this in your monologue tonight. 107,000 young Americans mostly killed by drugs, pouring across our wide open border. Those tombstones littered across our landscape. There's no bill for them. We have gangs pouring across our border, terrorizing our schools like MS-13. Do you know that this year, we only spent one billion dollars, one billion, on the salaries of ICE deportation officers, one billion to get rid of the gangs, the drug dealers and the criminals murdering our children. One billion, but 40, 40 in one bill for Ukraine. There are moms who are going to go to sleep tonight who will not be able to get formula for their children, including moms whose kids have severe allergies, and the one formula they need is not in that store shelf. And they face the excruciating choice of giving their kid a formula they know they will have an allergic reaction to. That's happening right now. No bill for them. The wheels of justice do not turn for them, because there is a fetish in Washington for the citizens of foreign countries, the affairs of foreign countries, the adventures of foreign countries. That's what moves the heart of Washington, not the tears of our own people.
2: Whew. That was some good stuff right there, wasn't it? Um, So true. It's absolutely true, everything that you just heard there. Um, What can you say? And meanwhile, you get some nitwit uh, like Joe Biden that's just talking out his rear end. Let's take a listen to this.
0: Television, people will. Remember the long line
2: you're standing. Television,
0: people will line up all kinds of vehicles. Just get a, a box, box of the food, and they're drunk. drunk. How, How quickly do you forget? People, people were hurt. hurt. And what, what is it, it, did the my crowd it. want to do? Forget, Forget it. Forget it. God, is the United, United States, States America. of America, the idea the that people would have to, have to wait in line an hour, hour, hour and a half to get a box of food in their trunk
2: is Is he yelling at himself? I think. I think he might be yelling at himself. I think that. They- might call that schizophrenia I don't know something weird like that's going on in his head right you have to admit that's like crazy that's crazy town so there's this uh, TikTok where this woman is you know basically like lip syncing Joe Biden (laughs) and her her eyes are going together and stuff it's really funny Um, but this is kind of a funny clip 1.2
0: 1.2 billion. So you go ahead and you stack spaghetti sauce at a store and <laughs> in, in, in a supermarket. You control the guy or the woman who runs the r- run, b- brings out the carts on, on 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 a forklift. What happened? Oh,
2: that's funny. You have to see this woman's face. <laughs> it's absolutely stunningly crazy. Uh, it really is. So, anyway what can you say we're we're living in we're living in some odd times you know um this is just sad sad news uh Biden administration cancels alaska oil and gas lease sale but he also did it in the gulf of mexico too you know he did keystone on day 1 without even knowing what the landscape was going to be he just did it right and now you know we're suffering from it because it's not just the, the explore you know it's not just the the oil that this promises to to get but it impacts the price of oil today and the reason why it does is because of speculators of speculation you know what what is the oil price Expected to be? What are the alternative solutions? What's the, where's the supply going to be in three months, six months, next year? And they could price things today according to that uh, forecast. And so when they make a decision like this, now, it actually has a negative impact now. Even though the oil is not pulling, dripping out of the well. So when a Democrat says, well, that's not even producing oil. Yeah, but the promise of it producing oil six months from now, dummy, is is just that. You know, that the prices are going to stay lower because they know where they're going to get their supply down the road. And so, you know, when you look at inflation, Fox News just put this out. It's pretty uh, telling. It says, in January 2021, Biden's inauguration, in, in inflation rate was 1.4 percent, 1.4. In November 2021, Biden signs one trillion dollar infrastructure package. Inflation rate. So, uh, Biden signs a one trillion dollar infrastructure package and it goes up to 6.8 percent but oh in march of 2021 biden signs 1.9 trillion dollar covid relief bill okay that's more money injected into the economy and it goes 2.6 percent then it goes to 6.5.3 uh, percent after democrats proposed 3.9 trillion budget plan. so you get the uh 1.9 trillion covid relief bill the 3.9 trillion budget plan and the 1 trillion dollar infrastructure package these are all again ways for you to for politicians to to pocket the money they control the money and they get kickbacks on the money we'll give you this if you give me that and it it's not theirs to give it's yours to give it's the taxpayer's dollars but they're spending it like it's theirs and they're benefiting because they hold all the all the purse strings so february 2022 ukraine invasion inflation rate 7.9% march 2022 march 2022 and it says uh 8.5 for inflation rate and April twenty two eight point three percent inflation rate.
0: It's crazy. It's
2: absolutely uh, nuts. Caller, you're on the air.
0: Hey, Scott. How you, how's it going? Um, thinking about the uh, price adjustments that you're that you're mentioning. I, I was thinking about something you were talking about, and I think yesterday's show about. Elon Musk and uh, a lot of people, what they're advertising as like a conservative uh, favor of him right now concerning the free speech on Twitter. I, uh, I think a lot of people who are conservatives actually are against his environmental, environmental policies actually. And, um, that, you know, he's, uh, over there, uh, you know, doing in, all these, uh, business affairs, but then we were over there and we see Elon Musk, it seems like, because we were over there in Afghanistan. Now we, uh, you got a don't they check me out if I'm wrong on this, but don't they have a uh, cobalt mines in, in in Afghanistan, so he can get his his batteries over there now because we we just kind of dropped that on China, and
2: uh yeah, the, uh, the and we there, did a story yesterday about the Congo, but yeah, Afghanistan oh, yeah. is known That's well known for it. for their cobalt,
0: and 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 then uh so and we're talking about controlling the energy prices well. Ukraine's right in the middle of all those gas prices between Europe and Russia, so you know Ukraine would have to have a major impact on the oil prices, anyways. If we're there getting, and we're basically buying them, we like you just said, didn't you say we bought them? We loaned them that thirty trillion dollars, and then we own them now.
2: Yeah, what? What? I missed that last part because you broke up a little.
0: Oh, okay. Um, I, 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 hear, I heard, I heard, you, I heard, you. said one time that because we, we've basically loaned them at uh, thirty trillion dollars, so now we basically own them. So if we own Ukraine. We're basically controlling energy prices. Wouldn't Wouldn't you think we have something to do with
2: that too? Yeah, I would imagine. I don't think I said that particular statement, but. Oh, okay, um, I heard it somewhere. Sorry. Yeah, but but our interest in, in Ukraine is 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 very corrupt and it's been that way for 15 20 years uh, i mean it goes way all back gas
0: companies and all those all those gas companies all those politicians having their children working at those gas companies this isn't just you know uh, good deal you know uh, buddy buddy friendship stuff you
2: know no 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 this is this is this is so much corruption it's a it's, it's the it's a money laundering state and anything it's a wild west and P- putin is basically preemptively trying to put a stop to it because he sees this getting out of hand. He sees bioweapons there. He sees all kinds of corruption. He sees a uh, unfair uh, business practices impeding on his, his oil distribution uh, into Europe. Um, He sees a lot of threats. Yeah. Yeah. So he sees a lot of threats there. And so he's acting according to his own best interest.
0: Of course. I mean, why would you go and launch a war on somebody unless you thought you were losing your life at the same time?
2: That's right. You know, Ukraine is just too close and has too much influence into the politics of Russia um, to where this kind of corruption, this kind of Western influence, this kind of, um, you know, like a cancer, and you, you know, just like. Just like the invasion that we have on our southern border is is infecting our society and our culture and who we are as a people, and our politics and our elections, Um, I I believe that uh, Russia was experiencing very much uh, very similar things from these uh, the globalists just to their west, and that was Ukraine and that influence coming from. People that really hate Russia, like NATO. Uh, basically, NATO, uh, NATO nations, European nations, are basically consumers of Russian oil. And so they look at Russia as having too much power over them. And they wanted to weaken Russia so that they would give them more leverage uh, over Russia. You know, that's, it's kind of inherent that way. And then, of course, the influences in the Middle East. And the oil just distribution channels from the Middle East going into Africa, and up to up into Europe, and there was a lot of black market shady deals using ISIS as mercenaries to do all this. Yeah, this was all a business, and Lindsey Graham was right, and John McCain they were right in on that. They were all over those deals, and there was laundering going on in Cyprus and uh, Montenegro. There was uh, business dealings. Uh, in Latvia and Lithuania, and there's pictures and and videos of Lindsey Graham and John McCain and Amy Klobuchar during the Trump transition trying to secure and cinch up a lot of these deals in those countries. And you just wonder, where? why are you there on New Year's Eve? Why are you there? Why are you not with your family in South Carolina and Arizona and Minnesota? Why? Why? what's so important that you have to be there during Trump's election presidential uh, president-elect Trump on New Year's Eve when you're going through a transition and Obama's still president why are you there? It's ridiculous.
0: That's where the money's
2: at. Yep. Hey, thanks for calling in today.
0: Yes, sir. It's great hearing you. Thank you,
2: Thank you, brother. All right. Take care all right well we have a globalist uh, video that audio that I wanted to play um, this is a little bit long and we may have some time we have time um, but we're gonna play this and uh, I just I think it's something that I've heard it I, I thought you guys should hear it and uh, this is by Eva Vlarding or and she's from the Netherlands, up in that area. Um, Let's take a listen.
3: Some months ago, I was at a conference at a conservative think tank in Sweden, together with Joram Zoni. In my speech there, I spoke about the tyrannical COVID measures and how I felt that the dangers of the QR society were much more prevalent than most people thought. In that speech, I spoke openly about God stating that our God-given rights, like bodily integrity, were heavily being violated by the vaccine mandates. After the conference later that day, we, Joram and I, had a discussion with some of our Swedish conservative friends, and they told me that talking about God in Sweden or in any other northwestern European country would make you lose about 90% of your audience and should be avoided at all costs. Well, Jor and I took a different stance and that stance is exactly the one that I want to talk to you about today. Let me tell you right away. Not only do I disagree with the statements that conservatives shouldn't openly and unapologetically talk about God, I also think the very reason we are losing some of the most important battles right now is precisely because we've lost track inside of God. But before I get further into that, let me start off by saying that, as you can tell from my example about Sweden, and probably from many of the people that you've met today, that conservatives aren't necessarily easily definable. Conservatism in Europe knows many nuances and different tones, depending on where you find it. Our neighbors in the south or in the east might be quite different than than us ourselves in here in northwestern Europe. And that's understandable, of course, because what is more natural than wanting to defend your own, your national heritage, your national identity, and your culture, especially, of course, in a time of rapid cultural decay, mass migration, and demographic change. But let's zoom out of the realm of national policies for a second. What unites us conservatives? Generally speaking, I would say that all real conservatives care deeply about the three transcendentals, the good, the true, and the beautiful. And of course, we can debate each other endlessly about what the substance of those three things might be. But what I think is most important is the fact that we think there is such a thing as morality, that there is such a thing as the truth, and that there is such a thing as beauty. You see, we believe in the concept of these things, the metaphysical idea behind them. But we are a dying breed. Customs, craftsmanship, religion, tradition, all landmarks that used to give Western men some sort of guidance and a sense of identity have been under massive attack, and some might say even willfully destroyed. And as a result, we now live in a globalized world without any physical or moral borders, leaving most of us permanently confused, disoriented, and isolated. And ladies and gentlemen, that is exactly the fate that the globalist neoliberal elites have in mind for us. And it's not so difficult to guess why. Uprooted, lost people are easy to control. They want to turn us into docile consumers that buy what they offer and do what they say. And so far, they've been quite successful at it. Things that were once up were now down and vice versa. We've all heard the examples, one most recently, of course, being the one that we just talked about, of the man that just won the NCAA swimming championship, female championship. And of course, this is just one of many examples. We all know that the list of left-wing idiocracies is endless. But I am afraid, ladies and gentlemen, that we have something bigger to worry about than the gender madness and other progressive projects. We are dealing with an enemy that doesn't just want to brainwash us. We are dealing with an enemy that wants to get into our brains. An enemy that wants to play God. Because the fact of the matter is that the globalists who want to make us believe that everything is a social construct won't stop there. They want to make us believe that even life itself is a construct, one that they can design and, of course, therefore, control. And like all other things, they will bring this to us under the guise of equality and other noble pretexts such as public health. Because if there is one thing that we have seen and that we can take away from the past two years, it's that people have been shown to be incredibly willing to give up their freedom in order to be protected by the state. And this is no surprise, of course. With the decline of Christianity, people have become increasingly afraid of the afterlife, or rather, the lack thereof. And that is why, if there is one thing that modern men is nowadays incredibly afraid of, it's death. So protecting public health, of course, sounds like an amazing, noble goal. And it is therefore an incredibly effective tool in gaining control over millions of citizens. But what if the elites offer us something more than just protection from death with their vaccine passports? Well. What if they can promise us not just protection from death, but the eradication of death itself? Well, that's where transhumanism comes in. Transhumanism promotes the view that the human species should take control over its own evolution through technology. Technologies such as brain implants, genetic engineering, and nanotechnology eventually allowing for us humans to become immortal in the cloud, but not that cloud. Promising us paradise on earth, the most rich and powerful people on the planet, are currently working on tools that will alter human nature forever. I know that all of you know Elon Musk, and I know that you all know him from Tesla, right? The self-driving cars. But have you ever heard of the concept or of the name Neuralink? I see some, some people are nodding, but I see loads of people who, who don't. Well, let me tell you, Neuralink is one of Elon Musk's other projects. And it's a chip that can be implanted into the brain, convert your brain activity, so mind you, those are your thoughts, into a digital form and have them seriously uploaded to that cloud. And of course, also Elon Musk sells this Neuralink as something that could be beneficial to public health stating that the chip could address brain or spinal injuries and make up for whatever lost capacity someone might have. So next time, and I know some of you like him because of the base things he says on Twitter, please think about that too. And not just Neuralink, what about human ectogenesis or uh, growing a baby outside of the woman's womb? Well, that's already on the way. Chinese scientists reportedly already have created an artificial womb for fetuses to safely grow in what they call a robotic nanny. Not a mother, a nanny. And we all know already that soon women will be sold this new fantastic advancement um, by saying, well, you won't have to suffer through those debilitating nine months of back pain and swollen feet and you won't have to take a break from your career anymore. This is all part of the so-called fourth industrial revolution, which entails the blurring of boundaries between the physical, digital, and biological world. And that revolution is very much taking place as we speak. In fact, most of the response to the pandemic has relied on fourth industrial revolution technologies, such as genetic sequencing, vaccine biotechnology, and contact tracing, aka mass surveillance, for surveillance software. And if you still believe that all of this is for the greater good and it won't be used against us, then I have to say, I'm sorry, but you're being dangerously naive. Transhumanism will be presented to us as the holy grail, but in fact, it's the poisoned chalice. I can imagine that some of you still might be thinking that I'm exaggerating this, but well, the reality is that I'm not the one saying it, they are. All we have to do is listen. For example, some years ago at the annual meeting of the World Economic Forum, Yuval Noah Harari said, and I quote, soon corporations and governments will be able to hack all people. This will be the greatest revolution in biology since the very beginning of life. Science is replacing evolution with with intelligent design, not the intelligent design of some god above the clouds, but our intelligent design, end of quote. Bottom line is, ladies and gentlemen, we don't take our enemies seriously enough. We can't seem to imagine that there are people on this earth who want to create a new human, a new world that is evil. As Baudelaire once said, the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. And he was right. Because how do we expect to win a war against enemies that we don't even see for what they are. Well, if we don't see it, we won't win that war. But yet there is solace and there is hope. Because what happens when humans try to change their nature? All you have to do is think about the story of Icarus. He thought he could change his new nature and fly to the sun. And what happened to him He came crashing down. So in the end, especially us Christians who believe in God, we know that playing God never has worked and it never will work. Evil will perish in the end. But that's no reason to sit back right now. Because the evil that we're facing has the potential to take control over millions of people on an unprecedented scale for a very long period of time. So standing by isn't an option. So what should we do? Well, the older I get, the less I believe that this is a matter of left and right. We don't need something smaller. No, we need something much greater than globalism, something much greater than transhumanism. We need the greatest. We need God. Religion will be the only... Religion will be the only antidote to the evils of transhumanism and globalism. And sadly, I really don't believe that anything else will cut it. We are fighting such a large evil that only with him on our side, and we do have him on our side because we have the truth on our side, we will win this fight. But if we spend our energy on hiding him because we might lose some people in our audience, well then why would he be there for us? I've often heard conservatives say, oh, but Christianity in the West, it's done. We can't get the youth. We'll scare them off. Well, we might, but we are a civilization at the brink of extinction. And we can go argue that we can save this all with secular liberal values, but we've been doing that for decades, and how is it working for us? I refuse to compromise on this and I think that that is exactly the type of mindset that young people crave nowadays. In a world where everything is limitless, gray and vague, giving a clear answer is the most liberating thing that you can do. And the beautiful opportunity that we have at hand here, ladies and gentlemen, is that exactly as we've heard from our other speakers today, most young people, people of my generation in Northwestern Europe or in Europe and America too, hardly know anything about God, Christianity, and the church. But that gives us an opportunity. We are much more of a blank blank slate than the generation of our parents who rebelled against the church because they were grown up in the spirit of the But how do we expect to have people turn to God and the truth if we don't introduce them to them? The Bible says the truth will set you free. So will we embrace the lies and globalism and watch Europe destroy itself from within? Or will we embrace the truth and fight for it? I know what we should do. Thank you very much.
2: So that was a speech over at uh, nationalconservatism.org. And you may want to check that out. Uh, her name is Eva Vlardingerbrook. Vlardingerbrook is how you say it, but um, it's spelled V-L-A-A-R-D-I-N-G-E-R-B-R-O-E-K. And I suggest you look her up. I've been following her for quite some time. Uh, she's brilliant. She's actually been on Tucker um, from time to time. It's been a while, but in any case, uh, that particular speech blew me away when I first heard it a while back, and it was in April. Um, And uh, I've been wanting to share it with uh, my audience, and today seemed to be a perfect day to do it. All right, so uh, that brings us to the end of the show. And uh, I want to thank everybody for tuning in. Check out magapact.org. And make a donation if you can uh, to support America First policies to make America great again. Also, if you're going to go over to MyPillow.com, use RedState as your promo code. And also, for Patriot Supplies, you can go to MPS, My Patriot Supply, mps.scottadamsshow.com. That takes you right to our landing page over at My Patriot Supply. And with that, we'll see you next time. On the radio. Goodbye, buddy.
1: Where I stand, the mounds getting steeper. And grab a shovel, dig a hole a little deeper. Just to bury my kids right up to there.